Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Grateful for you today. Grateful that you're here. I'm going to continue in sermon number five of our real series. Um, I believe it's been good. If you hadn't been able to catch all the sermons on the series, please go to www.bethelworld.org. And as we continue, and as I think about this playoff season, been in the playoffs, and I started this conversation last week, and I need to continue it. When you're in the playoffs, you're going to have winners and you're going to have, say it again, you're going to have winners and you're going to have, recently, my team was a, come talk to me, my team was a winner. If you're a Golden State Warrior, your team was a, y'all just don't fight it, just go with it. You're part of the sermon now. Don't fight it, go with it. I love to win. People love to have conversations about who's the winner, who's on top, who's a killer, who's the king of the hill. Uh, this constantly is going on. The way we talk about winning is real difficult in America because usually it's a narrow group or a singular person who actually gets to be the winner. Even in the team sport, what won't be remembered is the Lakers winning, or it'll be LeBron winning his fifth championship. It won't be the Lakers winning again, for those of you who know the Lakers are going to win. <laughs> Isn't it funny how it can just digress to such a singularity? And it seems to be a comfort we have to classify the majority as losers just for one or two people or a few elite people to be the champion or the victor. Something that happens as we traverse this world that we begin to view ourselves and color ourselves as the ones on the bottom, not on top. The tail and not the head. The loser and not the winner. Now, if you've been around me anytime, you know I love to win. In fact, I don't know the last time I lost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Some kids from the church came to my house to play me in Uno. And if you hear, you know, you lost Uno to me. I'm an Uno winner. The spirit of desiring to win. You know what I learned about myself, Jasmine? I win even when I lose. Because I know how to talk about my loss like it's a win. And then you become delusional. And that happens to me, but I think it happens to us. So I ask myself, what happened in my life to traumatize me to the degree that I want to actually declare myself the winner all the times, even if I, in fact, did not win? So I went all the way back, and, and mother, you will remember this. As a young child, my, my dad coached a baseball team, was the Phillies. Me and my brother were on that team. 
we had not won a game in two years. In fact, baseball was that sport that really traumatized me because, you know, I've been hit with the ball before. If you've ever been hit with the ball, baseball before, it's just traumatic, isn't it? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got popped off in the eye one time. It wasn't right. I was scared. So my dad picked the safest position for me on the field, and I was catcher because it had the mask on. And I, he, he had me there for my own protection, not because I was a good catcher. It's just the only position I can, that was protected. <laughs> what a good dad. He says, it's the last game of the season. We've never won a game. It's the bottom of the ninth and we're up. And it's two outs, one runner on first, and it's a batter up, and I'm the catcher. And, and I see the guy stealing first, going, going to second. And I'm down in my catcher stance. I might not get up from here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that, 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 that was not a good idea. That, I'm going to tell you, you can, if you want to know if this is scripted, it is not. That was a bad idea. I want you to know that. I heard a voice. I heard a voice on the inside. Hallie, this voice said, it said, don't ever try to throw the man out a second. This is my dad's voice. Because you cannot throw. But in the moment of attempting to be the hero, to move from the status of a loser to a winner. I rose up like I never did before, and I launched that ball into center field. Uh, Run scored, that became a triple. They hit another runner in, and we lost the game. Maybe I lost the game. At the end of the game, we were all walking around as losers, and I think it was my mother who said it. She said, you gonna take them to get some ice cream? He said, he said no, I'm not taking them to get ice cream. She said, because the winning teams go get ice cream for years. She said, you can't wait around for them to win. You just gonna, you just, you just, gonna, you just gonna have to take them. My dad was reluctant. He was like, oh, yeah. You know, so he took us to get the ice cream, and we were just happy, happy eating our participation light ice cream trophy, <laughs> just licking it, you know, just happy. <laughs> and, and I realized by looking at the looks on people, my the parents' face, and I hear a few whispers that they knew who lost the game, it was me. And that ice cream wasn't moving me out of the category of a loser. And I believe that marked me to tell my, I'm gonna win the rest of my life. I believe that's how people live, trying to figure out what are the narrow things that they could win at so that they don't feel like a loser. Because there's far too many things in this world that remind us of our losses and far few things that remind you of when you win. And I believe that the scripture we look at today in Romans 8 is an encouragement from Paul that perhaps this thought of you being a loser 
is an attempt of the enemy to, to rob you of the joy of life. And maybe, just maybe you're a winner. Let's look at Romans 8, uh, verse 31 together. We're going to read 31 to 39, and then we'll begin teaching from there. Uh, when you have it on the screen, we'll, I'll say ready, and we'll read. Ready? Read. The first verse started out, what shall we say to these things? So therefore, what things are it talking about? In the previous verses, he says, I reckon or consider that these present sufferings are not worthy to be compared with the glory that should be revealed in us. Then it says the whole creation groans waiting for the manifestation. So then it says that we are subject to futility and, and that we're, we're, we're subject to pain. This world, this life brings a level of pain from the moment that you were born to the moment you die that is unavoidable. Right. It's a present suffering. It is almost difficult when you hear people talk about the good that life can provide when you're in the midst of your bad, you're asking them if they're reading the same movie script that you're living. It's frustrating sometimes. You can get a little bit of hope from what people are saying, but the reality is you went through a season of very bad things, or you can be in a season of very bad things, and they all point to one word, loser. You're losing the battle, and if you lose long enough, considering all these things, this is what Paul's trying to get them to say, if you lose long enough, you lose objectivity about your identity. And then he makes this declarative statement if God be for you, who can be against you? Now, this is not what you remember when you're in your pain, typically. This is not re what you remember when you're in your shame or when you're in guilt or when you're in another losing position. You can't remember that God is for you. You just remember that you just lost. The Bible says we were born in sin, shaped with iniquity, the wages of sin is death. We all know that we deserve to die and be eternally separated from God. We all know that there's a death sentence over our life. And the reason sometimes people commit suicide, the psychology behind it is that they can end the pain. They can get out of the circumstances themselves by just ending their life. 
And this is a false reality that the enemy gives to people who are in a losing position that says you are a permanent loser and let me see, show you how to end it early. And this, and this reality begins to plague people, especially right now, college students, which I think is the leading cause of death for them, is, is, is suicide. Because there's this, this romanticizing of annihilation that thinks you're going to go into eternal sleep instead of having to pay a debt you owe. This debt we owe is not just that you're going to die one day. Everybody's going to die. This debt you owe is that the wrath of God will be metered out to you based on how you lived your, your, your life if you don't have Christ. The real losers are the people who can't answer the if statement. If God before you mean you accepted Christ. But if God is against you, you have something to deal with that is so terrible, so miserable, so mind-numbing that it does make you think, how can I escape? And it's inescapable. When you really think about it, it's almost insane not to choose Christ. It's crazy not to choose Christ. If God before you, who can be against you? I can imagine things that come against me and I feel overwhelmed. I, I, re, I remember being in a, a high school football game and the first time I was experiencing ethnic discrimination within the game at a very fierce level. It, the th things that people were saying, things that people were doing, the hostile place that, that we were in, I had never been under such pressure or, or a burden. And I began to, by, by the Lord giving me this song, I began to sing this song and, and, and it's the only thing that gave me peace. We Got the victory through the blood of the lamb. Oh, yeah. I was just by myself. We got the victory. And they was cussing me. It's all right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had to remember who I was in order to live the life that was presented to me. I had to remember that if God is for me, who can be against me? I had to remember how big my God is, not how big my circumstance is. I couldn't remember how my suffering was making me feel. I had to remember what he did to solve my suffering for all of eternity. I, I believe, I, I'm so glad that we have the story of David and Goliath, that David says to Goliath, you come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. And this little boy beats this gigantic warrior man because greater is he, Christ Jesus, that's in him than he that is in the world. Then Elijah was on a mountain with an army attacking him and his servant comes and what are we going to do? And Elijah said, you too worried. I don't want you to be worried. And he says, Lord, I want you to open the eyes of my servant so he can see the world as it really is and not how his flesh is saying it is. And he opened his eyes and all throughout the hills, he saw all of these angels that were innumerable all around the hills. And he started realizing that greater is the number with us than that is against us. That God is absolutely in control. And when you have that confidence that God is in control, you start walking different, talking different. Hey, he's for me. Say that. He is for me. He's not against me. He is for me. He is not against me. And if God be for me, 
who can be against me? What if you live with that confidence? The worst thing in sports to do is to lose your confidence. I love it when I hear about an NBA shooter shooting and having an off night, and they say, what are you going to do to get out of this? Something? Remember who I am and keep shooting. Remember what I've done and just keep shooting. A lot of you, I want to encourage you, keep living. Keep living. Keep living. Despite what you've done, despite what you're going through, keep living. And I'm not saying you're not going through something. Now, what, what is the power or the confidence we have? It's in verse 32 of why we should live. Look at this. He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us, how shall he not also with him graciously give us all things? I'm going to tell you something. Whenever I read this, I understand how much God loves me because I'm not willing to give up my sons. I would like to think that I would maybe give up my, my life to help you. But I don't think it's as likely that I would volunteer one of my son's life to help you. That doesn't mean I don't care about you. It just means that that's not a price I'm willing to pay. I, I can easily kind of pay my, my life for you. Somebody come in here acting crazy, you know, we're going we gonna to get down with the get down. Y'all know that at our church. They're not leaving. That's just true. true. But I'm not going to take one of my sons and say, get out there and do something. What kind of love is this? That the Father has bestowed upon us. What kind of love is this? That he will take his only begotten and pour his wrath out on him instead of on us. What kind of love is this? That he can say that if we can take your righteous life, and you can pay the penalty for their life, we can make a holy exchange. What kind of love says I want billions of people to have the opportunity to be with me? And I'm willing to, and then he says, if he didn't spare his own son, by that same means, he'll give you all things. When Christ won a victory over death, hell, and the grave, He extended to you and I a great benefit. He said, I have given you great and exceeding and precious promises. He says, according to his divine power, he has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He says, says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else you need will be added. We're heirs and joint heirs of Christ. In other words, there's no limit to how much God is going to give you because you're in the winner's circle. You are not, when you're in Christ, a loser. And here's the proof. Look at these next few scriptures that says the proof. It says, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Who's talking about you? I can't stand, or, or, or the Bible says, if he's just, or who's condemning you? It's Jesus who died, and it's Jesus who's raised, and Jesus at the right hand, and the God and who intercedes for you. Who's talking about you? God don't like that. I told somebody, somebody one time, somebody withheld something from me that was money. And, and this is all I said. I said, now you can keep the money because I'm going to be best regardless. But you on slippery territory for yourself because God loved me. And you just said you owe it, but you're not going to pay it. That's not wise. Now I'm going to pray for you that he have mercy. 
because he loved me. That's how winners talk. He's for me. He's for me. I don't, you know, what, what, so what do you do when you're in disagreements and arguments? Stop stressing out about it. He's with you. When you want to know in a fight is that somebody greater than you is there, right? When your life is in danger. My, my, my older sister is, is in the room and I, and I don't know how, as a younger brother, you get into trouble. But we was on the school bus one time. Some, what's the name of that boy? What's the name of the boy that was bothering me? Bruce. Bruce, Bruce was bothering me. Bruce was bothering me. I was scared. But I forgot who was with me. By the time he, he thought he was going to do something to me on the bus, I ran. I ran all the way home. Now, she didn't wait in. She didn't. She fought Bruce. They all under, up under the school bus fight. This is, this is a dude. He mean him? I got home. My mama said, where, where your sister at? She fighting Bruce under, at, the, under, at the, school, the school bus. She said, well, why are you not with her? I said, I can't, I can't fight Bruce. Bruce. Bruce will kill me. When you have somebody stronger than you with you, you don't worry about it. You can run. You can get to the house. You can say they're doing a good job all by themselves. God didn't really need our help. He's not just for us. Watch this. He is with us. He's with you. He is with you. This with you is not predicated upon your perfection. It's not predicated upon you getting it all right. It's not a predicated upon you only did a thousand, uh, you only did a hundred sins versus a thousand sins. This is no matter how many times you sin. He, you accept Jesus Christ, death, burial, resurrection, make him Lord of your life. It doesn't matter. And I know it seems unfair. It feels unreal. And that, but this is, if you believe this, then you can have faith and confidence and you can have victory and you can keep on shooting. You can keep on living. You can keep on walking. You can keep on working because you know now the greater one is with you. The greater one is with you. Let's just read this last part together. Let's go to uh, verse 35. Watch this. Who? I love that. You know, if you look, I think who, the word who is in here like 12 times. Because usually our opponents are a person. Somebody going to get on your nerve, get, get you real good, it's going to be a person. Who shall separate us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? We go through hard times, y'all. Don't play games. You go through hard times. This is not a message about you're a winner so you don't go through hard times. You go through tribulation. Or distress. That's when you don't have no answers. You're really stressed out. You haven't gotten any answers. Persecution. You do what's right. They do what's wrong to you. Or famine. You can't eat. I've been there. I've been there where you can't eat. Drink some water and, and, and have a sandwich without meat. That's what you do. Or nakedness. Now, I don't want to think about that when that's moved. Danger. It's just wrong. I guess we came in that way, but you know. Danger. Sword, meaning people around you are dying. So how you tell me you're, we're having victory, but I just experienced a death? He said, for your sake, we're being killed all the day long. This don't sound like winning. It looks like, smells like losing. 
You just told me you were for me. You just told me you were with me. You just told me I was a victor and a winner, but yet you're saying, go ahead and be killed. We're counted, we're regarded as sheep for the slaughter. What? These scriptures are confusing. (laughs) But he says something. He said, no, I know you want that to define your victory. I know that you want your pain to define your circumstances, but it cannot. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. We're more than victors. We're more than winners through him who loved us. What is he saying? I make all things work together for good to all those who are called according to my purpose. That means the weapon was formed against you, but it did not prosper. Every weapon formed against you is to keep you eternally from him, but he He's not going to let it happen. You are eternally secure in him. So yes, you can be a good player on a losing team and still be a winner. I can't live without his grace. God's grace. Grace, I can't live without it. Grace, God's grace. Grace, I can't live with. Okay, let us just finish up because we'll we do a little fun at the end. For I am sure that neither death or life. Death can't stop my victory because in death, I receive a more eternal weight of glory. I receive my divine inheritance. I become seated with him in heavenly places. I close my eyes in this life and I open them and he says, well done, James. Good and faithful servant. Nothing in this life not your suffering, not your pain, not your tribulation, not your sorrow can by any means, no angels. There are angelic, demonic deceptions and principalities and powers that are trying to trick and deceive and strengthen strong delusions to this world that you're a loser. There are rulers and evil men who try to change your identity to fit your personality or whatever you want. But actually your identity, put my scripture back there, please, that you just move. It changes your identity. But rulers are not the ruler. And it doesn't matter what rules are made that reshape you in their image. We were made in the image and the likeness of God. And what makes you a winner is taking on the identity that comes from Christ and Christ alone. Nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else of all creation is able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. It looked like Joseph was a loser in the Bible. He did what was good, brothers threw him in a pit. When you're in a pit, you're losing. Gets out of a pit, goes into a, 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 a place where he's a, so the wife is trying to, trying to basically take advantage of him in, a, in an immoral way. Losing. 
thrown into jail. In prison, he's doing good for the jailer, good for other people, and forgotten. That's losing. Then he gets freed, he's leading, and God allows him to see the persons in life who brought him the most pain. That threw him in a pit, that caused him to be a slave, that caused him to use the years of his life. And this is when you find out whether you have embraced being a winner or a loser. Losing would have been bitterness and unforgiveness. Losing would have been revenge and spite and hatefulness and you metering out the wrath for yourself. Even though God said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. We know that Joseph was in pain because the Bible says his bowels broke. You know, you can cry, but when your bowels break, that means every fluid in you said, oh God, this is the worst thing ever. People don't think they can ever get over uh, a divorce they're going through or a pain somebody caused them or something in their past because something breaks on the inside. You can feel it. And Joseph looks at them, and this is when I know Joseph became a winner. He understood something. He said, you meant this for evil, but God meant this for good. Because all things work together for good to those who are called. He said, God just sent me ahead of you to save you. Your suffering is not an indication that you're a loser. Your tribulation is not an indication that you're a loser. The pressure in your life is not an indication that you're a loser. The famine, the nakedness, the lack of resources is not an indication that you're a loser. It's just that God who already made you a winner and a victor is setting himself up for greater victory through your life and eternal victory for the rest of your life. And that is worth praising God for. And that's worth claiming the victory for. And that's what giving him glory is for. He did not forget you. You and I are not a loser. Just look at somebody and say, I'm not a loser. Look at somebody and say, I'm not a loser. But I'm a winner in Christ. Doesn't matter what you did last night. I want to say some stuff like this. You know that sin, the secret sin of our mind, the secret sin of our heart, the stuff that nobody knows about that brings you guilt and shame. When you have Christ, you're so powerfully on the winning team. The only things you say, you know you're not acting like a winner, but you're still a winner. Come on, let's get up. I know you're not looking like a winner, but you're still a winner. Let's get up. I know you're not feeling like a winner, but you're still a winner, so let's get up. I know that you feel like it's all over, but you're still a winner. I want you to get up. And he says it over and over and over and over again so you can know what real victory looks like. You're winners. Now, losers, stand to your feet. Praise God's grace. Grace. Mm, ministry team, come on down. I'd be lost without it. exactly how this message hits you and I don't control anything but if you've been feeling more like a winner than a loser we're gonna just sing this song just a little bit if you just need prayer because you need encouragement or you're lost you don't have Christ to be your victory
you just need to come down and I just want to give you opportunity I don't know what you might need but other humans are designed by God to lift you up out of pit places prison places dark places so whatever you need there's a grace of God to kind of lift you up and I want you to take advantage of that grace so I'm gonna have us sing it just just for a minute and if you have prayer needs of any kind we want you to just come on down